Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a grand show. Dr. David Griegers here from Kansas State University. We're going to talk about the ester cycle. We're going to talk about different things associated with cow reproductive physiology, the good, the bad, the ugly. Stay tuned. It's bound to be a great show. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. And look who we got here, Dr. David Griegers. Dr. Grieger is a professor here in reproductive physiology in the Department of Animal Science. How many years have you been teaching at K-State? 1992. 30. 30 years, is that right? 30. Just We work in round numbers around here, so 10, 30 years. 10, yeah. 20, 30, not good at math. No, but uh, good enough. So, <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Grieger has taught so many students. He has worked with so many producers and you know, I just thought when I was sitting there thinking of the show, we, we spend so much time out there and the importance of that reproductive physiology of that female, of that female mm -hmm. cow. And I thought, why don't we get back to the basics? That would be good. So, talk to me a little bit about the importance of understanding that reproductive cycle and, and, and things in our beef cows. Sure, and so, yeah, sometimes we talk about the same things over many years, and it seems like in my head it's sort of ad nauseum, but um, new people come into the industry and um, sometimes there's not, some of the information breaks down, so, but we know from just studies, economic studies on, on ranches that uh, reproductive efficiency is important. I mean, if you don't produce uh, new prodigy, new offspring at a, um, relatively economic rate, you know, you just aren't, aren't going aren't gonna to make it. So we know that's really important. And knowing just the, the physiology of the cow, the basic fundamentals, is helpful to help uh, you implement reproductive strategies, manage your cow herd, and it will save you money. And so that reproductive efficiency does matter in the end. And kind of knowing the, some basic biology of the cow and how to implement things um, yeah, is important. I mean, we can you can pencil that out. It's important. Absolutely. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, we're not into the, always into the, the basic science, but there's some pretty, by, by understanding what that cow's going through in that reproductive cycle, you can understand more about her behavior and, and how we can, can manipulate things to, to make even better progeny and better efficiencies within our herds. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, even if you, you know, artificial insemination would be a technology that's very common and used um, for many folks, and so part of that is manipulating the ester cycle. But even just putting bulls out, knowing um, the status of your cows, meaning are they cycling or not cycling, uh, is, is important. So um, the bull can't do any better work than an AI technician if cows aren't cycling. Right, and so part of that, which I know you've talked to on your show too, is, is condition, put a little um, money into feeding your cows, and if they're cycling, then we can, we can do some things to kind of maximize that efficiency. Yeah, so when you, uh, you know, we're gonna, when we come back in the next segment, we're gonna go through the, the ester cycle of the cow. 
and talk about some of the hormones. But when you set up students and you're starting to think about how, how you're going to explain this and, and think about the, the way to teach it, what are some of the most important things to think about? Yeah, it can, get, it can get complicated quickly, but it doesn't need to be. And so when I think about teaching that, I think about two key hormones, and we will describe what those are and why you need to know about them. Perfect. We're going to take a break here with Dr. David Grieger. We're here at Kansas State University, and we'll be right back. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. We have Dr. David Grieger here. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Dr. Grieger is a professor in animal science, and he is a specialist in reproductive physiology. Pretty much all things cow reproduction is, is uh, and bulls, but uh, a little bit of bulls, and yeah. bulls, bulls, but. Uh, so many students that go through this program are indebted to you and, and you, your teaching, and this is going to be awesome. We're going to go through the cow's ester cycle. You bet. So, and I mean, we, we know how this works. We have for years, but still I would start this in my basic college class of asking, what's the length of the cow ester cycle? And so that's 21 days. And so that's different if I ask, what's the length of a cow's estrus? And so here's where terminology gets in the way a little bit, but the estrus cycle is from one heat period, the start of one heat period to the start of the next heat period. That's 21 days on average. Mm -hmm. Estrus is the time that she's receptive to mating. So that's usually measured in hours, right? So that's the first thing, because kids will mess, they'll, they'll confuse that all the time. So 21 days from the first heat, um, from the heat to, the, to her next heat, right? And, and during that estrus period, that few hours is important to getting her bread. Yep. So when I and I when I teach that, there's really two steroid hormones, and steroid sounds like fancy word, but that's just they've been around and we we know how these work. And so uh, estradiol is one of those, and it comes from large follicles on the ovary of the cow. That's the main source. So that follicle that's going to release the egg is also kicking out a lot of estradiol. Okay. That's the hormone that causes her to kick out mucus from her cervix. You might see that. Always nice if you're AIing and, and uh, clear, thin mucus drops on your boot. That's a good day because <laughs> she's in estrus. And that's also what's going to cause her to stand for a bull if, if there was natural mating. And then critically, after that estradiol gets at a certain peak in her blood and feeds back on her brain, it will uh, set into the events that cause ovulation. So estradiol, is, that's why we can do AI, because we know she's in heat due to her behavior, yep. and that's due to estradiol from that large follicle on her ovary. Okay. So that, once that heat um, abates, that large follicle that's released the egg, that um, descends back down, and all those cells turn into completely different function. Then they start making progesterone, and progesterone is really important in all of our synchronization protocols because progesterone in class we'd say that's negative or it's negative feedback it keeps her out of heat so if you have to think of estradiol being the one that causes her to show heat progesterone which is the majority of her entire estrocycle keeps her out of heat okay um, and so that progesterone actually comes from something we call a corpus luteum on her ovary it will be on her ovary for almost 10, 12, uh, 13 days of her estrous cycle. Okay, so that's the majority of it, and all that time, that progesterone keeps her out of heat. 
Gotcha. Uh, so, um, so a cow might be in estrus for an average of 12 hours, right? And so we've heard of this AM-PM rule. And so one other key fact is that when she first stands, she's in estrus. When she first stands, she gets this uh, hormone released from her brain and now her clock is ticking for her to ovulate the next day, okay? So this AMPM rule means she's in heat this morning, we would inseminate her tonight, and she'll ovulate the next morning. That's why that works. The semen goes in before she ovulates, but that's the right timing for, um, for fertility in cattle. Perfect. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, more with Dr. David Greeker on the bovine estrocyte. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. David Grieger. And Dr. Grieger is a professor of animal science, focuses on reproductive physiology and reproduction here at Kansas State University, um, and just a tremendous resource of, of information. And as we left, we were talking about the estrus cycle and how that works in that 21-day period. Now, once you know where progesterone is, and you can manipulate that cycle to, to get animals synced up, right? Exactly right. So if, um, if cows are just on a pasture and they come into estrus randomly, whatever they do, the bull's going to know that, they'll be receptive to mating. And so he's got 12 hours to do that um, and very effective at doing that. For AI, we need to know the timing of her cycle more precisely because for artificial insemination, we put in a thousandfold less uh, semen, right, for that, and so timing's important. Um, so when I mentioned, once she comes into estrus, her clock is ticking for her to ovulate the following day, we would inseminate her that evening, right, and so those spermatozoa take about another 12 hours to get to the site of fertilization, and so I, I tell students, once she ovulates, we want spermatozoa to be there in her oviduct, at the time of ovulation, so gametes come together. It's like the oocyte sperm nightclub, right? Yep. That's what we want. So, yep, um, absolutely. Yeah. So all that works well to manipulate things. That progesterone that dominates the, for most of the cycle. If we take that away, she'll come into heat early. So Lutalice is the product we've had for years, where if you give that, it will go to the ovary, knock out the CL, it takes away progesterone and that cow will be in heat in the next two to four days. So any time between day five of her cycle through to the end of her cycle, Lutalice will induce her to come into heat. So you can synchronize a lot of them that way. Yep. The classic rule for Lutalice alone, the first, if she had a heat five days ago, she might respond, but if she had a heat yesterday or the day before, the day before, if she's had a heat or she's only, um, two, three, or four of her cycle, this lutealize will not work. She'll continue to have a regular cycle. But that controlling of um, the, the CL, that we can do that with a prostaglandin F2-alpha, and there's many products that do that. They work all the same. We take away the lutealize, and you have a group of cows come into heat at the same time. Yep, and we've been seeing some people do that for AI and for natural yes. coverage uh, as well. Yes. The natural cover, I think, is a good idea if you don't use AI because if you had 100 cows, 
um, probably 60% of those might respond to a single shot of Ludomice. Yep. And that's good enough for the bull power you have in there. And, um, and it spread things out a little bit that way. So that's a, a single shot of this prostaglandin yep. F2-alpha does sync up a bulk of your cows. The bulls can cover those, and so you can get a lot of them then bred within a seven-day period of time. But the other way is we can bring the, the negative feed back in, right? That's correct. So the cedar, which has been around a while, is the intravaginal device, and, and folks, if they've used those, um, it goes in, it has progesterone in it, and it, it um, diffuses out into the bloodstream of the cow, and that feeds back on her brain, and if she was gonna come into heat, it holds her off. So that's kind of like if you if you show up to um, Bramlage early and you want to um, get into the game early, nobody gets in until the guy opens the door. So if you have this cedar in there and you have this negative feedback on your cows, you are holding them off until let's pull the negative feedback out, which is pulling the cedar out. Then again, um, most of those animals will come into estrus in a short two to three, four period of time. So it's either taking away natural yep. um, progesterone or adding kind of an artificial source of progesterone, but that biological fact is how we sink cattle. That's perfect. It's a great explanation. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Dr. Grieger on things that can go right, things that can go wrong. You're watching Doc Talk. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with my friend and colleague, Dr. David Grieger, and we're talking about ester cycle synchronization and let's just jump into kind of a typical uh, sync program. Okay so I'll just talk about this seven-day cedar which is really common really popular uh, because it works and then you can sync most of your cattle in a short period of time. I will say this if you have if your cows aren't cycling like if you have not fed them well enough none of these products is a magic bullet where it's going to solve everything. But if they're cycling, this seven-day cedar works well. So for example, if today was Wednesday and we put a cedar in this morning, that cedar has progesterone and any of your females that are going to be in estrus over the next week will not come in. Okay? If they were scheduled to, they will not come in because we've added this negative feedback. Next Wednesday, we're going to pull the cedar and also give prostaglandin F2-alpha. Any of those products work. That's if she has her own corpus luteum. We're gonna get rid of that. We're pulling the cedar, so we're getting rid of all of this negative feedback. So for a seven day cedar, the next two, three, four days, you'll have uh, generally a good response for estrus. So and you're holding off the ones that are gonna come into estrus, waiting so that you can give the, the lutelice to bring the ones that were producing their own progesterone, you pull the cedar, give the little ice, boom, they all come in. That's right, yep. In theory. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and it works good on paper, I mean, it, yep. but it's still, um, yeah, because you don't know where they are in their cycle, and so some of those will need the prostaglandin, others don't, um, and you can have individuals, but you don't know where they are in their cycle. Right. So this combination works well to maximize them to come into estrus. Okay. So, um, and how long will they come into estrus? So usually, so it's almost always about 48 hours, two days after pulling the cedar and giving prostaglandin. 36 hours for heifers at the earliest, but nothing's going to come in in the next 24, right? It takes time for them to get to where they're going to be in heat. But 48 to 72 hours um, is for heifers a little earlier and cows a little bit later um, 
Yeah, so it, it, it works well. So what are some of the things then that you see that kind of some key points or things that questions you get a lot? Right. So um, things that if you understand how it works, and you don't have to know all the biology, but say you put a cedar in the day and and next week a storm blows in or there's a uh, great game on TV. That's not a good excuse. But (laughs) so you can't get to those cattle on day seven. If you wait to day eight, that will be just fine, right? So a day or two, day seven, eight, or nine will not matter, okay? And there's even 14-day cedar protocols, and so there's no reason to panic or redo things, right? Um, So as long as some mistakes are made that if you don't pull the cedar on the whole group that comes through, then she's not gonna be synced. Or if you don't give lutelice, to that group, when you pull the cedar, then those don't get synced. So there's some things that are critical to make it efficient, right? But a day or two on that protocol uh, will not matter. I mean, there's no reason to restart things on a good set of cows. And so, um, um, yeah, it, it, it helps to know a little bit of how things kind of are working there. Absolutely. Um, when you're, uh, you know, starting out, and, and we got about 30 seconds here, when you're starting out, what were some of the, you know, tips that you would give young producers? I would, you know, if your cows are cycling, so if they're cycling and you use just uh, prostaglandin product, lutelice, you're going to have a good response and you're going to be able to breed those even if you have an AI before because they're in heat and they feel good. So just start simple, um, but having your cows cycle is really important. If you, if, if half your herd's not cycling, it you 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 uh, lesser in heat. They're harder to breed. And you lose a little confidence on that. So just if you're first starting out, um, feed your cows good uh, good condition, and it'll work out for you. And then just talking to people, you'll you'll know some intricacies how to tweak things um, once you gain confidence in that. But, Perfect. Well, thanks for being on the show. Great source of information. You're very welcome. I uh, just in case I in case you were running low. There you go. last time an egg last time an egg this time a sperm folks remember always work with your local veterinarian if you want to know what we're doing here on doc talk you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com i'm dr dan thompson here with dr david grieger at kansas state university and we'll see you down the road Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals.